What's new listeners? I'm Audra Howell, the host of Two Cents Critic. Here on the program, we give reviews and recaps for books, movies, and TV shows, with a whole bunch of special guests who join in on the banter and breakdowns. Maybe you want to hear about a contemporary romance novel, like The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. Or maybe you want to hear about an MCU show, like She-Hulk. Or how about the best movie of 2022? Or at least, that's my opinion. Everything everywhere on at once. You can hear all of these discussions and more on Two Cents Critic. What's up, Rewatchers? It's Dustin here to let you know that this show may feature strong or inappropriate language, so please be mindful of who around you can hear it. Also, we assume that you've at least watched the show or the episode we will be discussing. If not, just be warned that there are spoilers ahead. But really, it's your fault because these shows have been out for a while. <laughs> Enjoy. Lord, these internet problems are just driving me nuts. Okay. Ugh. Yeah. So we're going to do this. We're getting into the magicians. We're going to bear through. Let's do it. Yeah. Welcome to the Rewatch Recap. Okay, it's, uh, yeah, we're here again. Hopefully we're not going to have any uh, technical issues. <laughs> We've been experiencing it so far, but we're going to push through and get it Yeah, done. internet is draining from our world in the same way that magic seems to be draining from the wellspring. Oh my gosh, somebody, somebody's draining the internet spring. <laughs> <laughs> the bandwidth spring is just gone. So... Dan, get away from that, guys. We we don't we don't need any gods shitting in the bandwidth spring. All right, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. So before we get started on this episode, I wanted to tell you that uh, March thirty first is the deadline for submissions for t shirt ideas for the Magician season two. So if you got ideas, you don't have to draw them out. If you do, that's great. But I'm going to post something, and you can leave it as a comment or just DM me directly to the rewatch recap on Instagram and Threads. So look there for the post about this little contest we're going to be doing. Okay. Um, Yeah. We'll put the designs up for a vote for a week or two. And then whoever wins gets a copy of their design in t-shirt form. So I will get that ordered for you and made and whatnot. And we'll do that. And it'll be there to you. Hopefully by the end of us covering season two, we'll see. Yay. Yay. But don't get it confused. There's going to be another t-shirt contest. It's going to be on Instagram. And it's going to be with my friend Spade, who designs his own pop culture t-shirts to sell on the gram. Um, it, we're going to have three designs. And that's going to be a different different set of rules. So it's going to be more about like sharing and reposting and blah, 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 like you would do on Instagram. And whoever wins that will get one of those designs sent to them. So it's going to be a different t-shirt contest. So look out for that as well. Also, speaking of other things um i'm going to be doing some seasonal recaps over on the patreon so instead of doing it episode by episode i'm going to rewatch a show the whole season and just kind of recap the whole season in a nutshell with with some guests stopping by of course and the first one i'm going to do for march is going to be the original roswell series from 1999 (gasps) i watched that show i watched it all the way to the end oh i didn't (laughs) 
I don't know. Aww. I think I saw the end, but I didn't. I think I skipped some in the middle there because I got out of it. But um, I have interesting stories around it. So I'll be dropping a few episodes of that every month, not just of Roswell, but of very anyway. fun. Okay. Uh, so three dollars Patreon, get those cataloged episodes, all that good stuff. So with that out of the way, are we ready to find out what this week's title means? No, because no. I forgot that I hate this episode so much. Oh, man. A lot happens in this episode. It like, so. physically pains me to experience this episode again. Well, it's not as bad as last time when the cat, and or not last time, a couple episodes back with the cat and whatnot. That's No, it's true. This one isn't, this is emotionally gruesome. Yes. It guts you <laughs> in different ways. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we'll get to that. Let's go into season two, episode five, called Cheat Day. Previously on, Julia's sad cult group accidentally conjured Reynard the Fox, who took over her semi-lover Richard's body, killed almost everyone except Katie, and raped Julia. Reynard killed Marina, damn it, but they briefly resurrected her to find out that there was a woman who 40 years ago banished Reynard. So they got some information there. Back in season one, we also found out about Emily Greenstreet, a Breakbill student that fell in love with a professor. She wanted to make herself more attractive for him, but she fucked up her face. And Alice's brother, Charlie, turned into a niffin trying to help her like put everything back in place. Now Emily got Dean Fogg to send her to a mundane life of grayscale office work so she wouldn't fuck around with magic anymore. Also, Alice turned into a niffin, just like her brother, when trying to kill the beast. And Quentin and Penny hunted down the White Lady, a wish-granting creature of fillery. Penny got his hands back because they were cursed, and Quentin had to chop them off. <laughs> it's just the things I have to say. Um, <laughs> and then the White Lady couldn't bring back Alice from the dead for Q, so she said, what else do you want? And he says, just send me home. And then, boom, he's back on a random New York City street. And that was the end of that episode. What a waste of a wish. I know, right? Like, give me... Like, make me... I don't have to use... You like, have anything. I don't have to do hand touch to do magic. Boom. You just you think it and you do it. That's <laughs> you what I would anything. ask for. Right? Now, so we're at break bills. Penny is in Dean Fogg's office trying to spell a candle to burn, but his hands still don't work. They're just not working. He's got new hands, and they're not messing up on him, making him do crazy things, but he can't cast any He spells. doesn't have new hands. They regrew. <laughs> I... I, I mean, they Ew. are new. They're new to his body. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> They're new. They're not like foreign hands, though. There's, it's just weird. So he thinks something is wrong with the candle, but Dean Fogg's like, what? And he does a little tut, and then all the candles in his office light up. And, you know, he's like, well, damn it. But remembering the beast broke the Dean's hands, Penny's mad because, of course, he could still do magic. Yeah, but he can't see. That's true. That's, you know, he gouges his eyes out. So he can see, but just not very well, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Penny. So, yeah, Fogg reminds him that his hands are still his own, but Penny's are new, something else. Like, they weren't just his hands. Like, they were grown magically. Wait, like, your hands start from birth, and you have to, like, relearn how to be hands? Is that the implication? I don't know. That does sound, that does kind of make sense, though, if you think right, about like, it. Right, like, the implication is they have no muscle memory for anything. Oh, that could be it. Right? 
Like so he remembers, but to... getting his hand to do it is different. Right. That's kind of like if you think about it, I know how to write, but like if I use my left hand, which I don't know, I haven't, but I know how to write. I know how right. letter, your I brain can kind can of send, write. send the signals. <laughs> right. I can kind of write, but it just, it doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but imagine if you had like never written. That's right. what his hands exactly. are. Exactly. Yeah. I, it's weird. So Fogg says, Mayakovsky down at Breakbill South can probably help Penny. And Penny's like, that nut job? No thanks. <laughs> and I don't blame him. I don't. Yeah, but it's but one I, nut job or another. <laughs> I mean, hmm. I will say that I love the costume department for uh, Penny's outfits and his exposed chest all the time. Because I just want to yeah. run my hands on it. And <laughs> Scarf man. Mmm. Yum, yum. Anyway. So, yeah. Then Penny asks, like, where the hell's Quentin? And we cut to um, some New York office building. Grayscale. Again, it's always grayscale in New York. You ever notice that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Quentin is in an office now, too. And he's, well, he's not in his office at this moment. He's, like, in the break room of an office. And he's trying to use the Keurig to brew coffee, wondering if it actually tastes like donuts or something. Um, like the donut shop, but it's not the same brand. And then some asshole is droning on about day-to-day stuff. And he's like, how do I use this? And the guy's like, I don't know. I use that thing for soup. And I'm like, really? This Everything about this was so real that it made me really angry at Quentin to be like, you asked for this hell that so many people subsist in? You asked for this? You asked for the grayscale in general, d- drab. You you asked to work in cubicle land. You didn't even ask to be like a Disney Imagineer. I mean, give me a good job. Don't be I don't want to be that boring. Right. Like this is this is there's a reason people hate this shit. I mean, don't do that to yourself. Right? You know magic is real and you want to do this, really? Yeah, but I yeah. mean, this Quentin ends up like jumping off a building in five years. Sorry. Like, give me a job on Broadway or like again. You could have asked for anything, the world doing right? Hotel management. I don't care. That's kind of drab, but it's not as bad, you know. What it's... if you're in like a luxury, cool hotel or like Disneyland exactly. Tokyo? I don't fucking know. You like... meet celebrities. You get to do cool events. You know why not? You know. He could have been a florist. Ooh, pretty flowers. Wouldn't that be nice? I'm just, I hate Quentin so much. I want to love him, but I hate him. I I, hate to love him. I start to like him a little bit better in this episode because of certain things, but I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so the guy leaves and Quentin can't get a jar of jam open for his toast, which who makes toast at work? I think that's weird. But um, so he does a quick spell to kind of loosen the jar just as Emily Greenstreet walks in and out of the break room. And he's like, oh, you know, I didn't get it. He's never met her, by the way. We know who she is because we've seen mm-hmm. her before. But and later on, he gets an email from her saying, I saw me too. lunch. How did she know his name? She probably asked. They work in the same office. Like, who's that new guy with the long hair? You know, like. Mm, that's true. I don't know. But anyway, opening title sequence. Bing, bing, bong, bing, bong, bing, 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 I still love doing that in different ways each time. Every time it's different. Every time I do something different. <laughs> yeah, let's keep let's keep mixing it up. Now we're back at uh, we're back at Break Bill South for the first time this season. Oh lord! And Penny teleports in and immediately sets off a booby trap ward, which sends him flying up to the ceiling or the skylight or whatever. 
And he's like, let me down. I'm a student. Finally, Dick. someone with some security. <laughs> there are travelers in the world. I mean, yeah. I, I, I love how he like he felt it. He felt himself step into it. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> right up. That's <laughs> how you get captured. Oh, man. It's kind of like the, I guess it's a magical version of the rope and pulley system. Yeah, that's turn up funny. Into a so meanwhile, at Julia's apartment, Julia and Katie have grabbed a bunch of newspapers to find some huge event from years ago. They don't know what they're looking for, but they know they need to find some kind of big event, something that would bring forth enough energy for someone to banish a god, to use that to banish a god. And uh, so they're looking around, they're circling articles, and Katie's like, I need some fuel. So she goes to get some pizza, she you know, eats, starts eating it, and Julia immediately smells it and just runs to the kitchen sink and just pukes. Apparently, it's the second time for the day that she's done that. And they're like, okay, what's going on? And then we cut to Julia holding a positive pregnancy test. And, oh, I mean, I can't blame her that she instantly wants an abortion. Yeah, this episode is so cursed. Oh, my God. I hate everything that everybody goes through. <laughs> I know. And, like, I mean, I you don't know if it's, like, good guy Richard, who she slept with right before Reynard raped her in the same body, which is weird. Oh, um, but either way, you couldn't risk it. I couldn't risk it. I mean, no, no, oh. you don't know. I mean, it's very obvious to me, to me that she's got a a, a god baby or a demigod growing. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's going to be the stronger. I hate to say it. Seed. Yeah. Well, but that's the reason why she's been so magically inclined a little more. So exactly. Because we already learned that if you. If you get the semen, oh, God. The Leo blade. She was able to hold it and not get hurt. Ugh. So, yeah. So then we jump over. We're jumping a lot in this, se- this season, by the way. And th- especially this episode. There's a There's lot of jumping all so much all going over the place. on at this point. So we're going to just get used to that. Okay, now we're at Castle White Spire in Fillory. And the champagne is still not good enough for Elliot. <laughs> which, I mean... I mean, I get it. He's all about the champagne. He really wants to be champagne king. But um, I want to take a moment to say I really hate this outfit on him mm. because it just looks like uh, lacy curtains that are wrapped around his tor- torso and like <laughs> sleeveless. It just looks like lacy curtain. That's all it looks like to me. It's he's like, he's I mean, finding his royal style. Okay. But he needs to fire some stylists. That's for nature. Anyway, I, just I don't, don't think like he it. has one. The women have the better outfits in Philly. Yes, I mean, absolutely. The women are dressed in way more flattering dresses. Yeah. And they're just cool looking, you know, um, c- cool fabrics, cool, like little sharp designs and floral looking shit. It's really neat. So Finn's walking around. She walks in with a rabbit in a basket. And Elliot's like, what's up? And she's like, she's so excited. And the rabbit goes, pregnant. And he's like, what? She's like, pregnant. And it's, I mean, it's not the first bunny in the show. Like we had one before where it came down the hallways and break bills and like beast possessed Mike snapped its neck. Didn't want it to do anything. Yeah. It seems like in filler. These are like owls. Right. Right. They kind talk. of. <laughs> yeah. Pregnant. That's like, it's almost threatening the way this rabbit says pregnant. Uh, look, everything about fillery is actually a horror movie. <laughs> It really is. Everything about it's like <laughs> warped. So yeah, Elliot makes a toast with his shitty champagne. He and you can tell he isn't thrilled. And you can also see that Finn notices that he's not thrilled either. He's not really excited about it. And she's kind well, of he didn't want to have sex with you either. So like, I mean, yeah, I get it. 
I mean, I personally, I don't want kids, but I kind of think I would be extremely excited. It's like, you know, oh my God, like part of me is becoming a new person. <laughs> this just sounds, you know what I'm saying? Like you make somebody. Yeah, but you, I hate the idea of, of it. I know it is gross. I would it definitely be weird. like, no. I mean, I agree. I think like when faced with it, unless it was a demon god baby, like what Julia is dealing with, you'd be like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be cute. But in her case, absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. No, I don't want that. (laughs) All right. Now we're back at Breakbill South. Penny is still floating in the air when Mayakovsky walks in. And Mayakovsky's like, what do you want? And Penny's like, I need help with my hands. Can you help me? I was told you could. And Mayakovsky like, yeah, I'll try to help you, but you got to do help me with a project first. <laughs> and uh, in, in exchange, I'll help you with your hands. And Penny's like, okay, fine. So Mayakovsky snaps his fingers and Penny falls to the floor. Oh, the slapstick. By the way, that would have killed some people. Oh my God. He fell like, like that was feet pretty far. Onto his face. Onto his face. <laughs> like that. They're not magically strong. Poor Penny, man. He's gotten I mean, he's getting his hands cut off several times. <laughs> I know, but it's because it's a real lesson in like you only get one first impression. And sometimes that first impression is on a magical being who is vengeful. <laughs> and they're not, they're not good. No, you don't want to screw something up. Yeah. So, okay. It's a lunchtime in some restaurant in New York. And Quentin is eating lunch with Emily Greenstreet, who is drinking pretty heavily. Some wine. (laughs) And she's like, I used to drink as a magician because you see a bunch of fucked up shit. But now I drink because, I mean, I don't practice magic anymore. And everything is like dull. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. I would need like drugs for sure. I would would be high all the time. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Just dealing with the like normal existence. Exactly. I'd be like, is magic happening or am I just stoned? I don't care. So then at one point, they're just kind of talking about, oh, you know, things that happen in school and blah, blah, blah. There's kind of whatever. But she realizes, oh, I'm late for a meeting. And she gets up and she spills her wine on herself. And as a reflex, like Quentin does a little tut and fixes her mad, her, fixes her, her top, pulls all the wine off of it. And she does not seem pleased. Well, it's right after they had talked about how, like, magic seems to create more problems that you try to solve by magic and it creates more problems. So she seemed kind of anti-magic. Yeah, she's like, well, I mean, you are anti-magic if you choose that life. I mean, God. <laughs> right, so then he does magic, and it's a moment of like, oh, was that like a cross-boundary? Yeah. He just kind of did it, like, okay, got yeah. it. You know, I would love to be able to do that. I mean, fuck tied to go pins. <laughs> I mean. Again, damn. who would choose this? Just stop fucking up magically. Just do normal stuff. Just try to, like, live there for a while, right? Go to class. Don't screw with things. Right? Anyway, back in Fillory, Elliot is talking to Finn uh, about the pregnancy and all that stuff. And suddenly some dude just behind him wraps a cord around his neck, attempting to assassinate (laughs) him. It's crazy. And he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And Margo shows up in the nick of time and throws some battle magic that separates them. I'm like, hell yeah, go Margo. Yeah, because Fen wasn't saving him. I was like, Fen, she just jump like, on uh, him. Uh, but I mean, if you think about it, she's pregnant. She doesn't want to do anything. Okay, she's like six weeks pregnant. That's true, but still. Or whatever. We actually don't know. And you know, it's like, if you think about it, though, it's like, I can't drink now. I'm pregnant. Like, yeah, you can up until a certain point. It's a <laughs> bean. Pregnancy. It's yeah. a bean. It's not that big. It's a cluster of cells. That's all it is. Anyway, after a commercial break, 
we're back at Fillory again. It's uh, a council meeting, you know, all the people in their council, whatever, including the sloth. And uh, Tick Pickwick says that the would-be assassin was not from the rival country of Loria, but was also a Florian. <gasps> <gasps> so now their own people are trying to kill them. And the council. Well, the about, people that they rule through magical dominion. Basically, yes. <laughs> it's a little people. different. Their own country that they own now. Basically, they own it. <laughs> if you think about it, right? But it's not their people. No, it's their their. What do you call them? Not subjects. Their peasants. Subjects. <laughs> they're peasants. It's literally their <laughs> their peasants. That is what they call them. <laughs> I mean. But yeah, so like the whole council is talking about ways that like they could punish this person. And I can't remember them all, but my favorite was Abigail the Sloth, which I love the Sloth's name, Abigail, saying, well, we could tie his limbs to four centaurs to like stretch him out. And then like a fifth centaur shoves something else somewhere. And I'm not sure if it was referring to like a spike or a centaur dick. (laughs) I think it was probably a centaur dick. Yeah, it, it was truly awful. Like, I mean, it would be Fillory is is feudal. I mean, it's it's worse than feudal. <laughs> it's it's graphic. I don't know if you if hellish. you look up drawing and quartering, that's pretty much the same thing. But I mean, oh, the stuff that they yeah, it's awful. It's, they're modernly feudal. <laughs> they speak like modern people, but like yeah, yeah but they don't even know like, how to farm. No, that's what's sad. So, yeah, Elliot says, like, hey, I don't want to do, let's talk to this guy. Let's try to do this diplomatically, you know, and they're like, okay. Of course, Margo's like, really? <laughs> really? All right. Margo is very much the United States in this yeah, council. Yeah, she's like, react, you know. So back in the New York office, Quentin stops by Emily's office to apologize. Like, I'm sorry about, we had just talked about the magic thing, and I did the magic. It was instinctive. And at first, she kind of waves it off. It's fine. Don't worry. He was like, you sure? Because you could be mad at me. He was like, you know what? I am mad at you. You you know, you should, you know, stop apologizing. Maybe you shouldn't even be here. Maybe you should just go try to, you know, stop trying to live a normal life. You, you know, she's mad. <laughs> she's like, get the hell out of here. Yeah, Basically, we get like, several signs that she's like maybe a little unstable. Yeah. Maybe. She's kind of like an alcoholic and somebody's like pouring her shots and saying, hey, and then taking them in front of her, like putting them in front of her and then taking them away and then taking them. Taking the shots, yes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like she's she's got something, but Quentin is just like a sad, lonely boy, so he's not twigging to like that. Yeah, he's like mm, he's bro, he's so self centered. Maybe a friend, maybe, maybe a friend. A, can I have a friend too in this great place? Yeah, we jump back over to Breakville South, and after Mayakovsky examines Penny's hands. He shows Penny part of the project he's working on by taking him into a room with a, like a 10 foot tall pile of knotted rope. And he tells Penny to unknot every single one and he leaves. I mean, this is how he teaches. We know this is how he teaches. I know he's a brilliant magician, but just tell people what they're doing. Damn. I mean, I hate people who hide information. Speaking of alcoholics. Oh my God. Ugh. Okay, now we're at the doctor's office for Julia. She's getting examined and everything, and she gets medical confirmation that she is indeed pregnant. It's not just a you know, easy pregnancy test. And she immediately tells the doctor, I want to abort. I want it out. Get it out of me. And the doctor's like, okay, well, it's going to have to be a few days, you know, so we can get you, you know, everything 
prepared. She's like, no, I really need to go on like now. And this like concerns the doctor. She's like, she's like, you know, if we suspect an abusive situation, we might have to call the cops. And like, you could tell me it's a safe space. No one is above the law. And Julie's like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, we're talking about gods here. So it's like, although also there has to be, I'm sorry, a magical abortion thing. I just, there has to be something. It can't be the, like the first time in kind of magical being in, in like. That's what I mean. These gods human. be running around like crazy. I mean, we, we know Greek mythology. They impregnated That's everybody. Exactly. So like there has to be something, right? It's got to be an equivalent. Yeah. And so she's pleading with the doctor, please help me. Don't, please don't. And the doctor's okay, okay, fine. Like, all right, we'll make an appointment for you in the morning. We open first thing. Come on. You know? And I was like, well, that was nice. Thank you. That was Thank really you. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sidebar, the doctor is played by Michelle Harrison, who I was like, oh, my God, I know this woman. I know her. Oh, my God, I know her. Who is she? I felt the same way, but I didn't know who she was. She played Barry Allen's mother, Nora, on The Flash. I haven't seen The Flash. Oh. But, you know, like I say, sci-fi, fantasy people, they really stick to a genre. They, I know. it's. It seems like they know the casting agents or something, and they kind of move between, like, CW, sci-fi, like all these different – Yeah, uh, or Netflix shows. They're all like yeah. in the same – you know, they always do the same type of genre, which is fine. And that's probably where you saw her in some other show that was probably. similar, you know. Um, but yeah, She was she probably played... possessed by a demon, an angel or something like – or she was in Supernatural. <laughs> she, wasn't, she wasn't in that. I'll tell you that. I just watched okay. that. Um, yeah, she played Barry Allen's mother who gets killed, you know, and that's the whole thing. And then, then she also like is the physical appearance to Barry Allen of the speed force. She, she, so she like represents the speed oh, force cool. and cause it looks like his mom and that's, you know, that's what I thought was neat. So second commercial break and I've got a little bit of trivia, not asking okay. trivia, but just information that I thought was kind of neat. And I came across this. It was on a, the break bills, Reddit page. And did you know that each season of The Magicians, the opening title is different? I never noticed this. But no. the graffiti on the wall is different <gasps> each, each season. I have to start looking. I know. So, okay. So, season one, um, it says Break Bill's logo. There's a Break Bill's logo. There's a clock, which represents Jane Chatwin. Mm-hmm. There's bees and wasps with keys for stingers, which I think is also part of the Break Bill's logo. Mm-hmm. Um what looks like a hedge witch tattoo on the door, the ram sigil of Umber and Ember, and a plane, which um, he says can't tell what is in the upper left-hand corner. I don't know. It's whoever hmm. wrote that. So season two says the ram, the ram sigil now has a crown. There is a fox instead of a plane. And... Other bees are gone, but it seems like everything else is the same. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not going to give away too much, but like in season three, mm-hmm. they replace, I think they replace the clock with the Munchak, which is their ship. Okay. The Florian ship. So there's stuff like that. So different things come up in, you know, they only had the first four seasons. They didn't have season five written down. So I don't know if that's any different, but hmm. if you know, let us know. I mean, if it's spoilery, don't, because I haven't seen season five, so... <laughs> Maybe don't. Maybe don't tell us that. Just tell us there's something there and we'll look for it on our own. Okay? Yeah. Wow. Remember Jane Chatwin? That seems like so long ago. And yet it wasn't. (laughs) They really packed so much into season one. Wow. They packed so much into every season. So much happens. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. So back at Castle Weisspire, 
in the dungeon, the assassin tells Elliot and Margot, you need to leave, like leave Fillory. And Elliot's like, you don't get to say that. And Margot says, you're in our castle. And the guy's like, which is on my land. And Elliot's like, excuse my manners. I'm Elliot, the high king of Fillory. Like, it's my land. Like, <laughs> Sorry, it is. And the guy's like, well, my name's Baylor, and I'm a soldier of Fillorians United, a.k.a. a Foo Fighter. <laughs> F-U is Fillorians United at Foo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this just cracks Margot up, like me. And Elliot's like, behave, behave, Margot. She's like, Foo Fighter? Really? And I'm over here just going, look into the sky to say, man. <laughs> <laughs> there goes my hero. I know. Dave Grohl, he is not. So, yeah. Baylor says that they won't rest till a Felorian sits on that throne. And Elliot tells him, you know, well, you need to petition Ember because he's the one who decreed the children of Earth sit there. So that's not our fault. That's that's a God thing. <laughs> you don't. You Maybe know everyone's I mean? gods hate them. Think I about mean, that. Really. <laughs> I mean, apparently the Christian God hates us all because it's always trying to kill us. So, yeah. Anyway, so Baylor says that I, we will execute everyone that comes from Earth to there are no more left. And Margo's like, okay, Foo Fighter. <laughs> she does not take him seriously at all. She doesn't care. At all. Later on, like out of the dungeon in the throne room, I guess, Elliot says that executing Baylor will just make him a martyr to their cause. It'll make true. him. Which, which is totally true. Mm-hmm. And Margot says, when was the last time we dealt with politically insert political insurgency? And Elliot says, well, unless getting kicked out of a FISM counts, it's the first for me. And she's like, me too. So she Even decides, though she's like on the warpath. <laughs> she's ready for it, right? But she realizes, you know, he's got ideas. Like, they both kind of balance each other out if you think about it. I don't think if so. You- I think she's being crazy. Oh, she's being crazy, but I'm talking about as far as the <laughs> extremity of like, she's like react and he's like, chill out. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of, they try to balance each other. Let me put That's that true. They try, but there's something about this that just like really brings it out in her. She's like bloodthirsty. Exactly. So she says, well, you know, I'm going to go back to earth and see if I can look up ideas or some history of something, you know, in break bills. And she just walks off and Elliot's like, bring me back Adderall. I'd be asking for so much more than Adderall. I mean, just like- just bring me back some champagne so I can show like, these people what the shit tastes like. You don't have chocolate here. You don't appear to have pigs. I'm just saying there's like a lot of things. I mean, Like I'd everything. love to see what he's eating because they don't know how to grow food. Bring a laptop. See if you can make that somehow. Like <laughs> anything. You know, bring technology and to And this, everyone, is a spreadsheet. <laughs> can you move a tractor there? Can you like grab it, touch the button, and then a, a tractor come with you oh. somehow? But no, they have to go through the fountains. I don't think Penny has to. Well, no, Margot has the button right now. Right. And it'll take her to the night. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Hmm. So, but Penny can just jump from world to world without the Netherlands. He just travels, when he's with them, he travels to the Netherlands. I mean, you should bring like a mechanical engineer to Fillory. Something. Somebody, and parts. You can bring parts for, at a time, you know. Yeah, start making things. Yeah. Do it. I mean, industrial revolution. This is... This is like reasonable adult talk. Again, they're like 27, often drunk, and have become kings and queens. I mean. That's where they They are. never grew up really. <laughs> I mean. Anyway, so yeah. Back at Breakbill South, Penny finishes untying the knots, and Mayakovsky says, that was step one. I'm like, you asshole. But, I mean, Penny should have seen that coming, really. Yeah, I mean, we already did this. 
We did. We did. He's like, I didn't tell you, but he was like, step two, here, turn this table into sawdust using this ruler sized file. <laughs> just file it away. Could you imagine that big ass table? No, the only thing I was thinking during this is like, is he trying to like retrain Penny's muscles so that he has ultimate control over them or something? I thought about that too. Like, can you do things now? Can you help? You know, like maybe that's what it is. But I mean, and I guess for Penny, I mean, if you really want it help, you got to do what he's telling you to do. So just I don't know. I feel like a lot of magicians referring other magicians is just like crazy people being like i don't know maybe my crazy friend can help you <laughs> just pawn you off on somebody else like i can't do that I, stop asking uh-huh. me that. i think that's what fog does a lot he's just that's like I don't, wanna, I don't actually want to be an educator i just like the position and the title <laughs> yeah what's a day in fog's else. life <laughs> i would love to see that just what I happens when people running by and magical shit going on he's just like la di da di da like, is he checking in on classes and teachers? Who knows? Like, is he paying bills? Is he, like, going over curriculum with alumni? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I can't imagine that's what he's doing. <sighs> okay. Well, back at the New York office, it's night, and Quentin has been writing a long email to Daniel and Stephanie Quinn to explain what happened to Alice. Definitely something not... you'd put in an email. That's, yeah, that's the best way to deliver this. Always. Always send emails about you fuck boy. really I bad just... things that happen. Yeah, he like I didn't read the whole email. just kind of glanced I didn't over either. it. I was just but like, it's, oh, Quentin, It's the gist of on. her becoming a hero by killing the beast and saving the world. And blah, blah, also, blah. again, you're just going to put this in an email? I don't – that seems crazy. I mean, write a letter. At least that's more personal. Right. <laughs> you know? Ugh, but so, but he can't seem to send the email. He just can't do it. I'm like, good. Don't send that email. They don't, don't need an email. Send that email. Go in person. Do something. Like you know, you when you get an email, you're like, oh, maybe it'll be spam. Maybe it'll be like a nice note or something fun. Oh my god. Thanks for sending this email that my daughter died. I'm like God, what the hell? Good lord. <laughs> so the same weird coworker dude comes in. He's like, what are you doing there so late? <laughs> are you are you planning to jerk it? Because that's what I do. I do it here. So I can't do it at home. I have to get away from my wife. So I do it here. I'm like, dude, TMI, you were weirdly invasive. You fuck what? Like, get out of my face. And dude leaves. And then Emily Greenstreet enters. She's drunk. She's at work and drunk. <laughs> like, Yeah, she's at drunk. work and, like, pretty drunk. Like, like stumbling What drunk. is it? Like, 5.15? Yeah. I mean, it's dark out, but it's still, yeah. Uh. So she's like, I'm apologizing for being a bitch earlier. And Quentin's like, could you like knock? And she's like, sorry. And she kind of knocks on the window. She's like, why are you masturbating in your office? Because that's what I do. And I'm like, what, what company is this? <laughs> no, just, so it made me like, how, it made me ask a question like, how many people are actually doing that at work? You don't have to tell us, audience. I don't want to know. Too many, I guess, but no one's ever said this to me. I mean, I think it's a thing. I mean, I would think people sure. probably do it. In the but bathroom it's like or something. How some not. people drink at work. Like some people do that, but it's not most people, and it's not that no. common. No. <laughs> but it did remind me of a, a queerest folk storyline from the the US. The, oh, I've the never first seen US that show. Version. So they had a guy. His he was the older guy, and he um, he kept getting caught at his desk doing stuff. <laughs> oh doing my god! Nothing. Why? He got he gets you know and so he decides to create a, a, a porn site called jerkatwork.net. No. And he goes for those who don't just work at work. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah. 
he had like a whole thing where there's like you push certain keys. Like if your boss oh, walked in, you push sure. certain keys and like a fake screen would come up. Oh my god! So it looks like you're doing something. <laughs> but, but I'm like, but you're. Your members out like <laughs> you're at work. Work is the least sexy place ever. That's not. I mean, I mean, unless there's a hot person there that you you can check out every yeah, day. Yeah, but like it. if you're in this cubicle land, no, and yeah. you're you have like a shared kitchen. This is the least sexy place <laughs> anywhere. You don't ever want to do it at work, guys. Just don't. Don't do it. <laughs> You'll get caught. You will. <laughs> Somebody will know, and they'll talk about you. It'll be bad. They'll talk about you forever. Ugh. They call you Hansy Mc something or Spanks a lot or something. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't get it. I don't there know. goes Mister Fucks at work. <laughs> There's Mister <laughs> Indecent with his palms. <laughs> I don't know. That's a weird phrase. I don't, indecent with his palms. I don't. Yeah, I've I've never. It's very like. Uh... Like Mormon esque, like indecency with the palms. Indecent pomposal. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay, back at Break Bill South, Penny is just filing away, trying to get that damn uh, table into dust. And he's got a good amount down, too. Um, Mayakovsky shows up and sets his own bottle of vodka down because Emily Greenstreet was drinking some vodka. And he sets his bottle. He's like, drink with me. Take a break. You know, but no tricks, no tests. You know, this is a teacher still, by the way. I mean, and they're in their mid to late 20s. So, I mean, I guess it's okay. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's just the two of them at this damn place. I mean, yeah, where? Why? Why is no one there? Is he there all the time except for like one, like for a couple weeks right. out of the year? And that's it. And everybody, the kids show up. So yeah, Penny takes a swig. Mayakovsky's like, that's it? Take your balls out of your purse and drink. The misogyny. I know. Gotta love the verbally abusive educator. Right? Come on. Jumping over to Julia's apartment, Julia's ranting and raving to Katie about how dumb they were trying to conjure a god for help. And Katie's like, it's not our fault, but we were tricked by Reynard. It's not our fault. True. True. But Julia's like, I should have seen it. I should have known. There's a difference between magic and miracles. One is real and one is a lie with sparkles. Hmm. I instantly there's went no to way Twilight. She known. <laughs> yeah, but there's no way she could have known. Like, and and other people thought it was okay. Other older people thought it was okay too. It's not yeah. your fault. Yeah, I mean, it's not your fault that a whole group hive mentality happened, and you're like, we got and this that going. like you got tricked and manipulated. It's not like they were calling a trickster god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sad. But yeah, Katie agrees. She's like, you need to chill. Like, we'll get this pesky abortion out of the way, and then we'll, you know, I love how she called it a pesky abortion. It's a pesky little abortion. Just like, kick this godling out. I mean, get this thing out of you. Just then we'll research how to banish Renard. All right, we'll get we'll get that taken care of. And Julia says the abortion procedure will probably be the most normal thing that's happened to her in months. I'm like, no lies. That probably True. is the most. Every, everyone thing. should probably see a doctor. <laughs> Just to be saying. I mean, seriously. And Katie comforts her by telling her, you know, I had an abortion once and I'm not going to leave you alone like I was left Aww. alone. And then she goes, we are best bitches after all. Katie's had a hard time, guys. I mean, and the fact that she turned that stupid necklace into this, like, really kind of funny I sentimentality know. thing. It was, oh, I like Katie. She's good people. I do, too. So, oh, I guess still in New York, in a park somewhere, 
Quentin and Emily Greenstreet playing. They're drinking and playing truth or dare. And I'm like, probably not the best idea, but whatever. I mean, I already saw them like, this is not going to go well. Like the yeah. second you see them drinking and playing truth or dare, like that's not going to end well at all. And Emily, you know, he, he like, she says truth and he's like, okay, well, I want to know, do you still blame yourself for what happened with Charlie? Oof, casual like, question. I know. Like jump right into the hard shit. This is the reason why she left. And you're like, and she's like, yeah, basically every waking minute of my existence <laughs> when I wake up and then all those minutes in between before I go to bed. Yeah. I think about it all the time. Oh, oh dude. You just met. I mean. And then she asked, you know, so, um, yeah, and she had met Alice at one time when she and Margo went and saw her. She was like, how is Alice? I'm like, ooh, sore spot. But she didn't know. Just she meet know. people her. Th- that don't know what break bills is, okay? I mean, really. Why are you doing this? I don't know. And Quentin's like, she died. And it's like, yeah, bummer. We're just bumming each other out. Let's just keep doing that. <laughs> so, like, they're sitting on the side of this, like, pond or lake or whatever. And Quentin's like, uh, you know, he chooses dare. And Emily's like, she lights up a joint and he's like, oh, what is this middle, middle school? Am I have to take a hit of your pot? And, and she's like, no, have you ever heard of Weisenheim's third? And he's like, no. And she's like, it's a small weather suspension spell. And she does like, like a tut on her lips. And then she takes a drag of the joint and blows it out. And it makes this like gigantic ring that stays intact for a while. And he's like, oh, neat. And he tells her like, but wait, you don't do magic anymore. He's like, well, today doesn't count. It's cheat day. Oh, um, she said the title. Um, but this is not going to be fun. Like she, mm, it's, no, it's mm, not. I have a bad feeling. So she's going to get him to do this thing. She does this tut on his mouth, like up against his lips. And I'm like, oh, that's the whole, you can see that they're going to be trying to cook up or something. You know, you know, it's coming. Also your coworkers, Quentin, like you wanted a normal life and you're about to just like fuck it all up. Hey, people fuck up coworker shit all the time. <laughs> That's kind of normal, but he just not like this. got here. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So he takes a hit and blows out a huge like comic book speech bubble that says "Hi" on it. She's like, "Oh, you're a fucking dork." I mean, it's kind of cute, but it's it's kind of neat. I would probably do that. Not to be a total square, this was still super illegal at the time where they were. So oh, yeah. she is all kinds of out of control. Oh, mm. So. I mean, if you think about it, though, you could probably get away with smoking pot as a magician and, like, glamoring it to look like a cigarette. I mean, look, people get away with smoking pot everywhere not being magicians. I get I mean, it. I'm yeah. just saying she was already drinking at lunch. She was drinking in the office, and now she's smoking pot in public. To drink like, and smoke pot afterwards, that's bad. I can't do that. I, I, I did it I once, it and I got really sick. <laughs> you can do it the other way. It's like the whole liquor before beer, you're in the clear, beer before liquor. It's the I same thing mix. with pot. I can't mix. I can do it. I can drink after I've smoked, but not, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but anyway, anyway, she's, I don't think she's safe. That's all I'm no, saying. She's not. She's not. <laughs> so she like, she takes another drag and does another enchantment and she makes this like smoky horse that like gallops in the air. And she says, that's my favorite. And Quentin, obviously thinking of Alice and her love of horses, goes, it's his you. favorite too. That yeah, me, definitely add drugs and alcohol into all this, Quentin. Good idea. Yeah, really good. They end up back at Emily's place, and you're like, oh, God. No. You see what's happening. No. And he's got, like, two bottles of wine. He's like, hey, where can I get some wine open? And she's like, they're over there. And she's like, hey, I want to do a spell with you. No. And he's no. like. No. 
no. He goes, let's just drink and make bad decisions that way. <laughs> I'm like, that's the smartest thing you've said yes. so far, Quentin. And she goes, I think you'll like it. Plus, it's cheat day. And I'm like, oh, that sounds bad. I think she has more than one cheat day a year or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's like a, it's like a weekly thing. Um, <laughs> it's like, today's cheat day. It's like, you know, when you cheat in, on your diet and you eat cake that day, you know, like, <laughs> it's cheat day. Anyway, commercial break and we're back at Fillory. And Elliot is making a historical list of execution versus diplomacy. Okay. And on the execution side, he's got this huge long list. And it's the French Revolution, Julius Caesar, illusionist in. Okay. It says illusionist insurrections of 1794. Obviously, a magician's thing. Uh, the defenestration of Prague. Mm-hmm. One and two. <laughs> I didn't know there was a second one. Uh, apparently, there was. Uh, Joan of Arc, Atlantis Uprising, uh, Bolshevik Bolshevik Revolution, Battle Magicians of Krakow, and the last one I could see was Lady Jane Grey, which I don't know anything about that. X-Men. Oh, that's that's Jean Grey. Hmm. This was Jane, Lady Jane Grey. It might be made up. Okay. If it's not, let us know. And on the diplomacy side, all he had was the Cuban Missile Crisis. (laughs) That's the only thing, apparently. I don't know why, but it was. Oh, we're really ignorant. Lady Jane Grey um, is known as the Nine Days Queen because she was an English noblewoman who claimed the throne of England and Ireland from 10 to 19 July 1553. Sorry, we're American. Well, I think it gives us a little bit of a pass. Did she? Ireland? Was she? It was 1553. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Anyway, is okay. it was that the magical part? Wait, did she like kill people? No, she was executed. Oh, I see. So yeah, those are the people who were executed during it. Okay. She was only 16? Damn. That's like 30 in those years. <laughs> Damn, those she was 16 and somehow assumed the throne for nine days and then was executed. I want to watch that movie. Let's make it. <laughs> So, yeah, Elliot doesn't want to kill Baylor. He's, like, trying to find ways out of it. And Margot's like, hey, you know, we said we do what works. So after history and history and whatnot. And That's not Elliot's, a good argument, by the way. It really isn't. I'm like, does it work? Because you have to keep does doing it. Does it work? Most of these led to wars. Yeah. It's usually not good. And it's, or it's like <laughs> scapegoating somebody else for something else, you know? Like, that's the only thing. Elliot says, I mean, I'll tell the council. We'll, we'll execute him. We'll, I'll tell him in the morning. And. And he goes, and he says, the man's life is my burden to bear. And she says, get over yourself, Ned Stark. Ooh, Ned Stark. And so he writes down Ned Stark. It's really funny. But also that's an example of why you shouldn't just execute somebody because it actually turned like the whole tide of the story. Yeah. Just don't do it. Don't do it, guys. Don't do it. Back at Breakville South, drunk Penny and Mayakovsky. (laughs) He's like, do you even like magic? And Penny's like, yeah, like I like money or food or any other useful shit. And uh, Mayakovsky's like, money and food don't explode in your face. <laughs> true. Totally true. I mean, unless it's exploding money and or exploding mm-hmm. food. Um, you came to break bills to quiet the voices and ease your suffering and you saved yourself. You saved yourself, traveler. Good. You know, I'm like, what the hell? 
And then he tells him, maybe you're just simply done. And now's your chance to walk away. Trying to convince Penny, you might want to get out of this. I mean, yeah, maybe you don't have to ever do magic again if you don't want to. You have new hands. He can teleport and that's enough, you know, which is awesome. Yeah. And and Penny's like a chance of what? And Mayakovsky says, well, after, you know, you can get a few years of a happy life because there's a bad surprise in store for everyone. And I'm like, whoa. And Mayakovsky shows like this long graph printout. It kind of looks like, it almost looks like a lie detector test in a way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's what it looks like. And he says like the energy currents should be constant, but they're not. And they're kind of jerking up and down in random places. And Penny realizes, oh, it's the wellspring because it's dying out. And that's what that is. Like the whole, the brownout thing we heard about before. And Mayakovsky says, if magic goes, it will be very bad to be, it would be a very, very bad time to be a magician. I don't know why I had to do this accent with him. Um, <laughs> and like, so Penny should get out now. He's going to do it. Yeah. And Penny says, well, you know what? I'm going to meditate on that. But for now, I'm staying. Okay. Like, we're not, why? I'm not just doing quit all of a sudden. Why? Already, I don't know. Like, literally, what is here for him? Katie left. He's not a king or queen of Fillory. Like, He's not really attached to anything right now. No, I agree. Um, Mayakovsky calls him a fancy scarf wrapped around an idiot. <laughs> At least I love that he. <laughs> it's not calling him a girl. It's just no like, true. <laughs> I just think it's funny. He goes, like, "You're a fancy scarf." I'm like, yep, he's all about the scarves. And so Penny yells, "If it's so bad, then why don't you get out?" And Mayakovsky says, "He can't because he's trapped in an incorporate bond." And then, so basically, he tells Penny the truth. He goes, I fucked so many students, and then I fucked the wrong one. And you're like, yep, Emily Greenstreet. Hello. I mean, I think they were all the wrong ones. Yeah. I mean, but the wrong one. She's the nutty one. <laughs> She's the one yet. Mm, you broke her. And so he was either stuck at Breakbill South, or he had to give up magic altogether. Basically, they're probably going to wipe his brain, you know. Mm-hmm. So now it's nighttime in Fillory. Elliot looks in on Finn as she's and, and the rabbit as they're asleep. And he goes to the dungeon and he wakes Baylor and he says, you have five minutes to save your life. How would you and the Foo Fighters fix Fillory? This is such an obvious great idea. I'm so glad he does it. Yeah, smart. He's being diplomatic. He's trying to like. Even if you yeah. ended up executing him, get the ideas. At least, yeah, get something. Back at New York, Emily's apartment, she gets Quentin to get in the shower for an illusion spell. And he's I like, this hate is... this so much. I literally fast forwarded through it. Oh, I, I, mm. he calls it the weirdest foreplay. And she notices his, <laughs> his Keiko demon tattoo on his back. She's like, what did you join a gang? And he's like, yeah. Like, mm, no, kind of. So she does a spell against his chest, which I thought was weird. Cause he's all naked in front of her and she's not, she's standing in the shower. She's got a robe on it. That was weird. But, and she does a spell against his chest while whispering some enchantment and she turns in the water and he gets under it. And then we cut to him walking out of the shower and he walks over to the mirror and wipes it clean. And he sees Mayakovsky looking back at him. Jump scare. And I'm like, Ooh, could you imagine like seeing that? And especially it was really weird to see him without the hat on. <laughs> Yeah. Didn't even I, look like him. Ugh, he looked like younger. Ugh, I hate this. And she says, don't judge me. And he says, well, I'm not. I would be, but. <laughs> I would be like, judging so hard. Like, girl, you have not gone to therapy yet. 
I know. He's like, I'm just figuring out who you are now. I'm like, yeah, you nuts. You crazy. <laughs> Emily's like, she's like grabbing him. She's like, tell me what you think of me and try a Russian accent. I'm like, oh, that's even worse. Like, ugh. like looking like him's one thing, but like make him. Oh, no. Ugh. Also, she just did not get his full consent for what she was not explicit about what this would be. Like, really tell them what you're doing. You know? Yeah. Why doesn't anybody say this is what we're this expecting? This is icky. And, ugh. So a little while later, the spell has rub, rubbed off, worn off. <laughs> they rubbed it off. Oh. And she's cuddling a naked cue on the couch. He, she's still in her robe. <laughs> and apparently they didn't have sex. She was just, she missed being held by Mayakovsky. Which is, it's, it's, yeah, she's nuts, but it's kind of sad. It really is sad. Yeah, I you know? would just conjure up Brad fucking Pitt. And not, like, the teacher who assaulted me, I think. I mean, you know, probably got her drunk and... Yeah, I don't like him. Yeah. And so she's like, it's your turn. And we, you know, cut to her coming out of the shower. And she steps out and looks just like Alice. No. This is psychologically damaging. (laughs) I mean, for real. And he, like, just looks at her and says, I really fucking miss you. This would fuck somebody up so bad. And he hugs her, and then they make love in the shower. No. I'm like, no, no. Magic makes everything worse. (laughs) Yes, it does. It'll make it worse emotionally. And it kind of reminds me, and not exactly this, but the show Extraordinary. Did I get you to watch that yet? I can't remember. No. So it's on Disney Plus slash Hulu. Um, And all these people have different powers, you know, and that's the whole universe. It's comedy. But okay. one of the girls, like, she has a job at, like, a law firm. And you're like, oh, she's just kind of meek. And she she looks like she's probably a secretary. And she goes into the room. And she's kind of standing off to the side. Like, she's just taking notes. And then, like, all right, your turn. And they turn to her. And they're doing the reading of a will. And she bows her head. And she lifts it up. And she basically has that person's spirit in her now. And she's like, oh. she can, like, yeah, she can, like, invoke a person who died and get their voice and everything and their consent and what they want and all that stuff. So she basically can, I'm like, damn, they hope they're paying you a lot for this. Cause you're the only person who could do it. It's crazy. It's kind of cool. And yeah. the main character, like her dad died and you find out she, she keeps talking to him on the phone and you realize later on he died and she's talking to her friend on the phone with her dad's oh. voice. And he, her dad is inside her friend, like talking to her. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's yeah. It's really sad that I could see. You're just talking to them. You know what I mean? It's not like weird sure. sexual stuff. Ugh. Anyway. Ugh. Yeah. So after a commercial break, it's the next morning and they both wake up and he immediately is like, I want to get the hell out of here. And he's getting ready to leave. She's like, where are you going? Do you, you want, you know, she's feeling more for him. She was like, let's do it again. Ugh. And he's like, nope, can't do that. It's a different day. Yesterday was cheat day can't do that now she's like today can be cheat day no that is a dangerous person and he's like no not every day can be cheat day right and she gets upset she's like so you're done with me and he's like look last night felt good it was probably what i needed in a way but it was also weird and sad and now i feel worse than i did before get out of her apartment before you say that i understand but get yourself to safety like you know, get your clothes on all the way first, at least. Like, yeah. get, you know, and he's, I don't want to use magic like that anymore. I don't want to do it. I don't like it. You yeah. Know? That's some and dirty magic. At least he realizes this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I'm sorry for everything you've lost. 
everybody you've lost. I'm so sorry. And he goes, I'll see you at work. And he leaves. This is why you don't fuck your coworkers, by the way, because sometimes it gets really weird and you're like, oh, we're going to have to pass each other in that weird little kitchen. I'm. <laughs> uh, do you know how you work this Ask period? me how I know. Oh, <laughs> like, don't oh. do it. Don't do it. I've also been involved with a coworker <laughs> at one point. It is not fun when it doesn't work no, out. It's so bad. So, yeah. In Fillory, Elliot announces to the council that they will not execute the prisoner, saying it's in Fillory's best interest. And Margo's like, what? She is upset. She's like, no, no, no. That's not what we agreed to. And Elliot says, well, I changed my mind. And she's like, what? I am the high queen of Fillory. And Tick Tick was like, well. She's heated. She's mad. Tick's like, yeah, um, high queen can like serve as council, but you really don't get to make all the decisions the high king does. And she's like, is this what the patriarchy smells like? I mean, yes. <laughs> and she says it's not the freshest. It's not. It very much isn't. And Mike, you can see that Finn looks like she's on Margot's side a little bit. She has that look on her face like, oh, oh you know. And she turns to Elliot. She goes, you're the king. Act like it. And Elliot announces, okay, Finn's pregnant. And I don't want to raise a child in a world that kills its problems away. I'm like, here, here. But yeah, that's not going to happen in this or any other world. <laughs> that's not true. They're royals. Yeah, but people die for stupid shit all the time. You know, getting killed off. And, and yeah, you know but that, I mean. he's saying no state-sponsored killing. Yeah. Be democratic kind of thing. Um, Margo says, well, that's stupid. When you rule a kingdom, people die no matter what. Just make sure it isn't you, okay? I mean, I get it. She's doing it out of concern. She's being that way because she's like... Oh, she's wildly overprotective right now. Oh, yeah. So she leaves. And we jump over to the New York abortion clinic. And the receptionist goes to check Julia in. She's like, all right, your name's Julia Wicker. Okay, come on in, Julia. And then she goes and she checks her in and she finds, you see her looking at the screen and she sees Julia's appointment and she just goes over and deletes it. This is such a nightmare as well. And she goes, I don't see you on the books. We can't let you back unless there's an appointment. And Julia's like, you just said my name. Like when I walked in, I didn't even have to say my name first. You you knew who I was. Like, Yeah, you but you have to know that like it looks like something came over the nurse. Yeah. I mean, right, it, like, it looks like she's being like malicious in some way, but like it, it's, she has a look it, on her yeah. face. So yeah, she's like, can you just call the doctor, please? Just call the doctor like to say, hey, look, I'm here. My name's Julia Wicker. So she calls the doctor. She says, yeah, I have a woman here. Says she has an appointment. Julia Wicker. Okay. Are you sure? All right. Go on back, Julia. And Katie's like looking at the woman like something's up with her. She mm-hmm. has this look at her face like... Because oh, there's something weird there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So Julia goes back and we have another commercial break. And when we get back, we're back at Breakbill South, of course. And Penny is slumped over, passed out in his chair. The table is now all sawdust on the floor. Just a big old pile of sawdust. Dude, that would take and, weeks, right? <laughs> I, I mean, seriously. Mayakovsky like hilariously emerges from under the sawdust yelling, no geese. <laughs> no geese. Is he a professor or is he a prisoner? I mean, a little bit of both. Um, indentured servant in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, this wakes Penny up and 
And Mayakovsky's like, oh, good, the table's done. And Penny's like, enough with the Karate Kid bullshit. <laughs> exactly, thank you. And Mayakovsky says, it's not bullshit. Ask yourself, what will magicians need if the dark day comes? The answer, magic. But if it's gone, it's gone. But not if you store it like a battery, and that's what I am building. And then he points to this metallic spear, spear, sphere floating in the room. And he's like, the knots, they were enchanted. The table had like a magic stained into it. Mm -hmm. And then when you did all this stuff, you released that magic so that I could like store it for a rainy day. I'm like, oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense now finally, right? Yeah. Um, Penny reminds Mayakovsky, like, I need your help with my hands still. Like, I need this to work now. And Mayakovsky said, well, he just kind of ignores it. And he's like, um, look, I need this special moss. And he rips out this page from this book and hands it to Penny. I need this special moss that can carry a magical current. And you need to travel to Fillory to get it. And, and Penny's like, shit, Fillory again. <laughs> he's like, I fucking hate that place. I know. It's just like Penny and Quentin expect things to just like happen for them and people to do things for them. And it's like, why do you expect that people will just like do for you? I mean, I get it. Like, yes, you're students, so, like, professors should be doing more for you, but they're not. They're just not gonna. Not here. <laughs> so, like, I need you to adapt. <laughs> and you've met this fucker before. You know how he this is. This guy in particular. <laughs> yeah. So, Penny angrily agrees, and then he leaves. And I'm like, is Mayakovsky just screwing with him? Like, he's not helping him with his hands. He's like, go get this moss now. Like, can wait. anybody? Maybe no one can help with his hands. I know. I'm like, is he just kind of, is it like a blackmail type of situation and you can't, you know. Maybe he's just cursed. Yeah, that's true. And now we go into Fillory and Finn enters Baylor's dungeon cell. And you're like, what's she doing? You know, Mm. what's she up to? And he immediately runs up to her and hugs her. You're like, what's going on, Finn? Intrigue. And she calls him an asshole for trying to kill Elliot. And says, I'm not a Foo Fighter anymore. And you're like, whoa. And he's like, and he, she says, like, you always knew that one day that I would have to marry the High King and basically the, the baby and everything. And I'm like, it's treachery afoot? What's going on, Finn? And Baylor says, yeah, I knew that. But now you're on the inside. You can help us, you know. And And he kind of attempts to blackmail her. Mm-hmm. For information, he's like, we need information, and or I'm going to tell Elliot about your past to the Foo Fighters. And still, I keep saying Foo Fighters, and it's, I'm looking at it, I spelled it F-U, but still, <laughs> it still makes me, okay. So he calls her bluff and says that, you know, we all know that the, the new High King is emotional and irrational, and like, come on, you know, do you think he's going to spare you? Because he's going to fly off the handle when he finds out. And she starts to leave and warns him, if the Foo Fighters try any more, I'll kill you myself. I believe and it. Like, and I do too. She has that look in her face. You know, she mm-hmm. has that that sternness. She can come across like you probably get scared of her at some point. In the book, she's a warrior. So this all mm-hmm. makes sense, you know. So back in New York at the abortion clinic, drugged up, Julia's laying down on the, the table, uh, waiting for the procedure to begin. But for some reason, the doctor can't hold the instruments. She keeps trying to like get everything prepared and put things together. And she's like, she just can't do it. And she's, I'm sorry, <laughs> morning cobwebs. So she calls it. 
but she still can't do anything. This is so nightmarish. It is because of what happens because she gets up and just staring at Julia the entire time as she gets up and walks over to her side. And then she like, Julia's like, what are you doing? And the doctor like picks up something long and it's like looking at it, like you bring it close to her face. And Julia's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Stop. Stop. And she just jabs this thing in her eye and screaming. And Julia's like, Katie, Katie. And Katie runs back there right past the receptionist who is unmoved. Yeah. Clearly something is wrong. You don't even notice this person's dying in the back. You can't hear these screams. <laughs> like, ugh. And she runs back there and, and, they, and the doctor's dead. Doctor's dead. I guess it went all the way to her brain. I don't know. But she falls down dead and Katie's like, uh, uh, um, uh, shit, shit. You know, she's got blood all over her hands and it's not looking good. And Julia tells Katie to, you do it. You do the abortion. You've got wards all around you. They can't get you, you know? And and Katie's like, I don't think we need another dead body. <laughs> Just in case we're going to get this done. We're going to find another way, but I am not doing this. And I'm like, I mean, I feel like it was very clear she should have done it right then because like, you're not going to get this done. What the fuck just happened? I know. And I mean, this should tell you, if you didn't know before, yeah, this is definitely Reynard's kid. Yeah. It's very clear. We go back to a New York street. Quentin is just looking at his phone on the sidewalk, walking around, and he finally sends that email to Alice's parents. Ugh. I mean, cool. yeah, he need he they needed to know. I get it. But an email. Really? An really email? Cute. An email. Ugh. And how did you get that? draft onto your phone anyway um <laughs> i don't know he finally sends the email and he looks up to see a very dead zombie looking alice across the street just staring at him mouthing the words help me <sighs> and she just kind of like disappears into thin air and he's not paying attention he kind of tried to walk towards her and almost gets nailed by a freaking bus i'm like damn it quentin he's like oh my god what happened was she real yeah End of episode. Woo! Crazy. <laughs> that was so emotionally traumatic for everyone. Each scene was so short, but so much happened in each scene. <laughs> I mean, it was so crazy how they write this. I'm like, how do you get the point across, make it feel like you're not rushing, but at the same, and pack so much in to where you're like, that's it? You know what I mean? Like, there's not this more? Is- yeah, I know. There was so much. I feel like this episode was fantasy Black Mirror. A little bit, yeah. Like, all the ways that, like, magic can, like, fuck you up or, like, take away your power or, like, change you. Ugh, yeah. It was, tough. it was pregnancy hour, too, because Julia and Finn both. Anyway, so what did you think, Rewatchers? Hopefully you liked this episode more than we did. I mean, we learned some things, which is good. But at the yeah. same time, it's like, oh It's not God. one I watch for fun. No. A lot of stuff happened, though. A lot of stuff happened. So hopefully we'll find out more in the next episode, which is episode six, which is called The Cock Barons. So. And we have no idea what that might mean. I mean, I have ideas, but not really i don't know it makes me think of something else and i think that's from later seasons but we'll get to that so you know uh subscribe review rate uh orleans at spooky orlean on instagram at the rewatch recap on instagram and threads at dustin underscore holden hope to see you here next week thank you guys for joining us once again have a magical day everybody Bye. bye